Learning to be happy with Da. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the meditations on building concentration and relaxation. As I said before, these are often the simplest forms of meditation that involve concentrating on a sensory object. So they usually involve deciding beforehand to focus on the breath or a sound or a mudra such as the thumb and pointer finger touching one another and devoting all of your attention to the chosen object for as long as you can. Each time you notice your mind wandering, you bring that attention back to the object you have chosen. It's simple but challenging. And like in all forms of meditation, the real trick is to remain relaxed. In the beginning, it can be very frustrating for us to realize that we have very little control of our mind, much less than we had imagined, and that our mind may be prone to wandering every few seconds. But I want to assure you that this is normal. If you're new to meditation, it is not uncommon that you will notice your mind wandering a lot. And so you want to dial down your expectations. This is as much a time to practice patience and kindness with yourself as it is to build your concentration. In fact, I always say that when it comes to meditation, first and foremost, what you're doing is building the sense of friendliness. You're working on acceptance, on being open to what arises in the moment, to being genuine and honest with yourself about what's there. So recognizing the thoughts, feelings, reactions, and being truthful about them. And like in all meditations, the trick is often to act as if you've just begun to be able to let go of the moments as they pass, to feel as if you've just sat down. Letting go as a practice is recognizing that the mind can be sticky, that you can get hung up on the thoughts and feelings as they pass, even your reactions to those thoughts and feelings. For example, you may notice your mind wandering and you feel all right about it, so you notice and you come back to what you're doing But it happens again, and again, and again, and again. And now you're starting to be frustrated. You're starting to feel irritated that you can't control your mind. And so here the mind becomes especially sticky, and you become attached and fixated on this frustration, and on this idea that you cannot meditate, that you can't do it, that you'll never be able to do it. It can become quite exaggerated in its response to the difficulty of this very simple practice. And of course, it may use the fact that it's simple to beat itself up further. Virtually everyone who embarks on a regular practice of meditation, such as these, such as following the breath, goes through these periods of frustration. 
but we do learn to accept thoughts and feelings that arise and accept the limitations of our mind. And as we will see later, we don't need to control the mind. It is being fascinated with the thoughts that keep our attention on them. But the thoughts are like sounds. Just as we cannot choose what to hear or when we hear it, and we have no choice but to hear the sounds around us, the thoughts that come to us in meditation are spontaneous. We do not know what thoughts we'll have or when we'll have those thoughts, and we have no choice but to notice them. When we begin to regard thoughts as inner sounds, we're able to step back. Our sense of identity breaks away from the thinker. We no longer feel as if we are thinking thoughts. We feel as if we're hearing thoughts. And this imparts a greater detachment from them than we would have if we believed that they were ours. In the same way you're likely to doubt the thoughts and opinions of others more than you are your own. When you react to your own thoughts as if they are spontaneous, you're less inclined to just believe them. You're more likely to question them or to recognize them as negative and unkind and thus dismiss them. And so I assure you that the path to success is not through rigid, forceful effort. It is not through control, but through understanding that you are not the thinker and to relate to thoughts as mere phenomena, just like you would the breeze and the birds chirping. It's something that will come and go on its own. It requires nothing from you. But just as an example, it might help to describe what this process might look like and to give a bit of definition to the terms concentration and mindfulness. Now, these are just definitions that I'm using right now to convey the experience of meditation. I'm not saying these are necessarily the correct definitions or the only definitions of these words but just bear with me. Concentration is the length of time you're able to keep your mind's attention in one place. And mindfulness is the time it takes for you to notice when your attention moves from one thing to another. So in this way, your mindfulness and concentration work together to keep you focused on the object. For example, you may have great concentration and are able to focus on the breath for two or three minutes without getting lost in any kind of daydream. But then let's say you do. You start daydreaming and you lose awareness of the breath. How long does it take you to notice this has happened? If your mindfulness is strong, you may notice right away. Perhaps only two or three seconds pass and you notice, ah, yes, I've forgotten the breath. But if your mindfulness isn't very strong, you may be lost in this daydream for a minute or more before you notice that, right, I was focusing on my breath and I need to return to it now. But realistically, both our concentration and our mindfulness alter greatly as we go along. And you may have one day where you sit down and you concentrate for five seconds, your mind wanders for five seconds. You concentrate for 10 seconds, your mind wanders for two seconds. You concentrate for one minute, 
your mind wanders for one minute, and back and forth like this it goes. Again, this is normal, and you should not be discouraged by the fact that your results vary greatly from one day to another. The progress you will find is very gradual. In most cases, for most people, progress is gradual. It can be very slow. But as I said, if you think of meditation as not so much controlling the mind, and you're not measuring your success based on the clarity of mind or the concentration that you have, but rather the positivity you embody, then this is something you can work on in every meditation. And it's something you can be successful at no matter what else is happening. For example, in myself, I was quick to frustration in the beginning. To be honest, for probably two years, I would regularly feel quite frustrated that my mind would not be clear and that I would be sitting there concentrating on my breath and suddenly images of TV shows and memories of past conversations and often things which to me seemed irrelevant, even to me not important to my feelings, to my plans, to my opinions, just a lot of random, random imagery and noise. But the frustration with which I reacted to this was the real suffering, much more so than the thoughts themselves, which were merely distracting, like the noise of traffic. And it took me a long time to regard this with kindness to regard this with patience, and to realize that doing so is how I shift my sense of self even further from the, th- from the thoughts, from being the thinker into being the observer, the observer of my thoughts, my feelings, and reactions. And herein lies a new peace, a new kind of spaciousness. And this is how we practice friendliness and meditation. We welcome the thoughts and feelings into our consciousness, understanding they're spontaneous. We do nothing to prevent them, but we merely look past them, passively allowing them, like we would the sounds around us, knowing that there's nothing we can do about them, and there's nothing that we need to do. And so these are just some comments on the type of meditation you've probably done before. But I'd also like to say that it can be very useful to de-escalate our feelings. So in times we are angry, upset, afraid, and we're feeling overwhelmed by those thoughts and feelings, and we don't want to act on them since we understand that acting on those feelings in this moment would cause more harm than good, the meditation on the breath and these concentration-based meditations can be perfect for dispelling the intensity, and letting us come down. But as I said at the end of the episode on meditation, we want to use the newfound clarity at the end, the calm that we feel at the end of our meditation, to reflect on why we were angry, upset, overwhelmed, and see what we can learn in order to prevent it from happening again. But again, not prevent it through control, and judgment, but simply to prevent it through understanding. For when we understand a train of thought that leads to harm, 
we will naturally stop engaging in it. At which point it's more a matter of mindfulness, of just catching ourselves in the act, in the moment as quickly as we can. And sitting down once a day for our meditation isn't going to be enough. We need to practice the mindfulness of daily living so that we maintain an awareness of what's going on in our mind and how those thoughts affect us. And I've created for you a guided meditation on sound with which you can practice. This is a great meditation because you can use it anywhere. Often people feel as if they need someplace quiet to meditate, a place where they won't be disturbed. But in my meditation on sound, you're inviting the sounds into your consciousness. They are the object of your attention. So they cannot distract you. And in this way, you're able to relax in a what would normally be uncomfortable environment and to regard all the sounds in a different way. So in this sense, you practice the meditation on sound with sound as analogous to thoughts. You try to regard all the sounds equally. None of them are particularly interesting and you listen to them all, meanwhile regarding all the sounds as the sounds of life, the sounds of life happening. In this way, they're energizing and continuously remind you of your own presence, of your own being. And so I suggest you give it a try. And don't forget to check out the Learning to Be Happy Facebook group and my website, www.theheartchakra.ca, where you can get affordable counseling and spiritual healing. Catch you next time. Bye. Thank you.